Yo, this is Sammy Guevara, the best ever. And you, yes, you, are listening to the Dark Match Podcast. I would say go check out all the other episodes, but fuck that. Go listen to the one I'm on right now. Stop what you're doing. Close all the other tabs. Go listen to Sammy Guevara's episode of the Dark Match Podcast. And then maybe you truly will be the best ever. And also go subscribe to me on YouTube uh, at Sammy Guevara. You're now listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Let's go live into the studio for this week's episode. So what the hell happened Friday? Are you referring to my plans or care to elaborate? No, not really. Yeah, I know what you're insinuating and I'm not very I'm not very happy that you would not just come out and ask. Well, of course I'm going to try, you know, not show. You're going to sugarcoat it. it. You're going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. I'm a nice friend. I, I understand. No, <laughs> I, I, I did watch. I, I'm very happy for him. Um, like I mentioned on our Facebook post, on our Twitter and on our Instagram post, that this individual and I, we, we don't see eye to eye. That's, I, you could listen to any of our previous episodes and you'll understand that. We don't I think we could hear it. I think we could hear it for sure. Oh, shut up. You know. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> on, a couple, on a couple occasions. And, and in person, too. So And I said, uh, look, we, we have our differences. We've been to war together. We really have been to war together. He kicked Literally. my ass. He, he kicked my ass. Um, but if there's one thing that I can't deny, he is one hell of a worker. He's yeah. a hard worker. He puts in the time. He puts in the effort. And I will not take that away from him. He's heading towards the big time. He, he is. And he, he did have that. And, of course, um, on Friday, his hard work paid off, and it got showcased. Absolutely. And that, of course, is uh, who we're referring to, Madman Fulton, did make his Impact Wrestling debut. And he made a hell of an impact, too. And I found it very humorous to the point where if you look back to when Madman Fulton, who was then... Sawyer Fulton mm-hmm. in NXT. The moment that unfortunately caused his injury, there was someone in the ring at that point in time that was wasn't the reason why he was injured. Right. But Rich Swan was in the ring oh. at that point in time too. No kidding. Yeah. So when he wound up being injured, mm-hmm. Rich Swan was in the ring. Go figure, many years later, he's making his Impact Wrestling debut, and he's attacking Rich Swan. So I think it's a little serendipitous. A little a little ironic, ma- <laughs> ma- ma- making an impact. Oh, oh. he might have lost his <laughs> sanity. <laughs> that, that was one of my funniest posts. I, I laughed. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, I had a good belly laugh over that one. It was, it was quite humorous. Yeah. Uh, saying how he lost his sanity and how he's made an impact and the new <laughs> name of his finisher is the better than Baron. Loved it. Loved every second of it. So a huge congratulations going out to Madman Fulton. I hate you, but I respect you and congratulations. We wish nothing but success towards you unless you and I are in the ring again and then I want you to lose, obviously. But a big weekend overall, not only for our former guest Madman Fulton, but many of our previous guests as well. I know you didn't have a full opportunity to to catch up on everything. No, I've, I don't. Got I, a don't little... bl- I don't blame you either. <laughs> I think everyone kind of gets this time of year, especially that first weekend. Everyone kind of gets a little. Everyone gets a little entrenched in NCAA basketball. Well, yeah, and going into the Sweet Sixteen as well, you want to see the update. You want to see the upsets. Yeah, because you also want to see how much money you're probably going to potentially be donating to your friends or coworkers or coworkers. <laughs> and like mine is. I, I I was watching last night. I was watching Duke and uh, UCF. Yeah. Oh. What a game! What a game! That that was the game of the 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 series so far. That's uh, the of game March of the tournament. Man. That's the game of the tournament right now, but. I was watching multitudes of different wrestling. Yeah, Phil. Phil is while uh, while also catching up. My bracket. This is the first year I didn't fill out a bracket. Really? I didn't. I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to fill out a bracket. I'm just going to take in the madness. Yeah. And I I've been much happier. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm a little upset because 
Some of the picks that I did have, I'm going to admit my bracket was busted way in, like way at the beginning oh, of the I, tournament. I went nuts with mine, man. Oh. Mine's mine's gotten a little crazy. Mine would have been non-existent. Terrible. Yeah. It would have been it would have been firewood already. <laughs> it it would have oh, started the fire. Trust me, I was hoping like as much as I needed Duke to at least get to the final four, man, I wanted them to lose just to watch the world burn a little bit. Oh yeah, just everyone continuously. Yes, and just just hear just hear the world groan as they're all crumpling them up and burning them or throwing them into the garbage. Ah, oh. well, you've known me for many years. I just Absolutely. like to watch the world burn. I mean, so I, I just started to get a little bit more cynical. I, I you have to in our in our later years. But, That's very true. But it's some big news it was, overall. Yeah, thin, well, big news overall. There, there's a couple different updates, but I think we need to give some big shout outs to some former guests of ours. Let's the do it. first and foremost goes out to Benjamin Toll. Now, if you don't remember Benjamin Toll, you don't want to follow on Instagram, you don't want to follow him on Facebook, or you don't want to follow him on Twitter. If you are hungry, I'm giving you a forewarning right now. Anyone, if you go follow Benjamin Toll right now do not do it do not do it hungry (laughs) there's a reason why they call him the canadian foodie overall do not follow him if you're hungry but he posted a very tasty tasty title and championship just this last weekend because he is the new iws hardcore world champion so huge congratulations going out to benjamin toll but also another huge congratulations going out to the new XWA champion Sammy Guevara, Mr. Money's Worth, and also if you don't know who he is, go follow him on YouTube. Search Sammy Sammy Guevara on YouTube. If you don't know, you better ask somebody already. But that, that's just a little, little itty bitty flavor of bit. of some of the wrestling that took place. But we're gonna touch on a lot more after the interview. But there, there is one thing that I do want to bring up. There there were a couple announcements earlier today. Yeah. One of which we're not going to touch on because I don't want to. But Gronk has announced his retirement. Thank and, God. Thank but, the Lord. But, but I turned on Sports Talk Radio earlier today on my drive into work and it was shocking. All the talk was about him going to WWE. Were you listening to uh, Ken Carmen this morning? I was. I- and no one... <laughs> <laughs> no one listening knows who we're talking about, but they were talking about him potentially going to WWE. Oh well, yeah, he's a huge. Well, he just, Ken Carmen's yeah. a huge wrestling fan, so who knows what he's gonna do? Best of luck to him. But I'm getting sick and tired of all these people saying, "Oh, he's gonna go to wrestling." No, he's not. Okay, it's not everyone can be a wrestler, and they need to move on from it. Just like we're gonna move on from this conversation here. My my one thing about it, if he could if he could go into wrestling, he wouldn't be retiring. He's retiring because he is hurt. Yes, he, he's been Hands dealing down. with too many injuries. He's retiring because he's hurt. He cannot go wrestle. He will never get. Cleared. But more importantly, he, he can if he wants to do anything, he can be a manager. Yeah, go manage. But at the same point, he's gonna go into reality TV. If not that, he's gonna go into he's gonna go into like comedic movies. Probably, but yeah, he will not. I would love to see him in like a, a a movie with Will Ferrell. I would I would pay to see that immediately. Yeah, but but other news today was announced that the main event has been announced for WrestleMania. That of course being the chess chop that you currently owe me because <laughs> I lost. So we there will be no payment until the match happens. <laughs> okay, I, I will give you that. But the match for WrestleMania 35 has been announced. The main event will be the first female main event in history. And that of course will be the triple threat match between Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. Which I'm liking. I'm liking. I see your mouth open because you're getting ready to say something. But I'm liking this new direction that they're going with Ronda Rousey. I wasn't a fan originally, but now when they pretty much told her, like, I- I'm sure they pulled her aside, like, look, you-, you can't talk trash. So just let your actions do the talking. Yeah. And ever since they started doing, like, she's destroying everyone. She's destroying referees. Yes, it's not probably what she wanted to do. But she looks like she's having fun doing it. Oh, absolutely. And now she's going into the main event where, as previously, it could have been, oh, well, they're just going to boo her out of the building anyway, even if she is a face character. Now they're giving her them a reason to say, well, we hate her because she doesn't care about us, and let's get the title off of her as soon as possible. Right. I This is the world burning talking right now. I would die if Charlotte Flair walked out with the with the championship that night. I she think won't. I think no, I think that's the direction that they're going to go. They're going to have Charlotte Flair walk out with the title that night. I I will even do a slap bet. 
for it right now. I'm going to call it right now. Charlotte Flair is probably going to win the Raw Women's Championship. I have my I have thoughts on this whole thing. Shoot them at me. Um, one, I think I think you and me are in agreement. Ronda's going to lose. Yes. I th- I honestly think Ronda loses, and I think she goes away for a couple of months. I don't see that. I do, but here's why. Another match that's going to happen, Brock's going to lose the title also. When Ronda comes, that also means Paul Heyman's gone for a couple of months. I think when she shows up, Paul Heyman's with her so she doesn't have to talk. I could be wrong on that one. But why are they incorporating her husband then? It I, seems I think, like I, j- I just think they needed some other small angle. I, he, you know what? He could because I'm sorry, Travis. The matches I've seen, Travis Brown was not that good. I think he may look for his name to get brought up to go to the performance center in the coming months. Oh, you think? I see it already happening. I think it may, but it just it probably they're, they're going to let him throw a punch on national television. No, he's already in training. Yeah, they're, but they're not going to let him throw a punch without being trained. Exactly. So, but I think, but I think there will be a pocket of time she'll lose. A pocket of time she's going to go away. She's going to come back with Paul Heyman. I I don't know. Um, match wise, if I th- uh, you could be right, and this is where I'm having issues potentially going with another slap bet or pretty much negating the chop bet, <laughs> essentially to negate the <laughs> to negate the chop bet. That uh, because I don't know how they're going to do it. Obviously, we're two weeks out from Wrestle- less than two weeks from WrestleMania. Somehow going to another match. Somehow Kofi's going to get in to face Daniel Bryan, and you know Kofi will win. I'm sorry, he will win. How can how can you not have Becky win? Essentially, you're gonna. But at the same time, would you get, let Kofi, who finally hits the mountaintop, then you're gonna sit there and also have Becky hit the mountaintop? Like, we're, I understand she's been there before, but you're gonna then have these two huge baby faces win. But at the same and point, then, are you gonna and have then Seth Rollins also yeah, baby face win? You're gonna you're, have all these baby face champs, or is this where Becky wins and then all of a sudden she's she's gonna flip on everybody? Well, she's not really a face character right now. She is like. I will say she's she, the anti-face. She's she is the Stone Cold esque yes type character. Where yeah, it's you're not acknowledging the fans, but you don't hate the fans. Exactly, you're not giving them praise, but you're also not talking shit. But she, I think at times she kind of is thanking the fans in certain posts on social media. Well, but that's on social media yeah, though. But right. here's the and I think you made a fantastic point, and we'll leave that. We'll I leave have I have one more thing about quickly. This, it's my it's my issue with WWE in general. I think you just cost yourself some viewers. Well, here's yes. no here's no here's my thing. I am all for I love the fact that the women's match is going to be the last match. Mm. I hate the fact that they announced it. I am too. Why not just build your show, let the matches come out and let the people figure it out on their own, especially when you hit that second to last match and you know there's one match to go, you know that is the women's title match. Yeah. They're not announcing anything and then the following contests. I feel like this I understand you guys are you know you're proud of like the the revolution, the evolution, but they why want not the, just they want the press behind it. That's I, why. They but I feel like you're cost. You may be costing yourself some viewers because I'm sorry. From rumors I've heard, this is going to be another ridiculously long WrestleMania. We're gonna get burned out, and there are going to be some people who easily can be like, you know what? I can go away for a couple of hours and come back to the end of the show. Is or, this something you want? Or they're telling people that save your energy. Maybe that's that's where it is. And I think it goes back and to... It's, and it's... No, no, no. But at the same point, I think that's what they're doing. That's why they came out. Because they've already announced that this is going to be the longest WrestleMania in history. Yeah. The the showtime right now is pushing eight hours. That's a lot of freaking wrestling. Yeah, seven, eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, seven, eight hours of wrestling. Yeah. Whatever it they're may gonna, be. They're going to start the kickoff at five, meaning you're easily going to midnight. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. You're going, if not further than midnight. Yeah. But... I think they were very smart with announcing the main event because it's going to gr- gain traction. I don't see, and we'll leave this. This will be the last point we make. Right. But I think it, it builds up to get those viewers that have stopped watching because of all the things that have happened previously. Maybe. I don't see... Becky Lynch walking out with the championship. If she does walk out with the championship, I don't see Kofi Kingston walking out with the WWE championship. I don't see Seth Rollins walking out with the Universal Championship because they're not going to have a WrestleMania. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see a WrestleMania ending where all the good guys win. They where the WrestleMania gives us everything we want. But, it's not going to happen. But at the same time, I think you can. But then that Monday and Tuesday could be very fun. Well, I'll give you that. So let's jump into our interview and dive right in right now. 
So I appreciate you taking time. I know you have training coming up. So for those individuals that don't know who you are, you are Chris Silvio. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram, all over YouTube as well. Quite a career overall. But we obviously want to take a couple steps back, get to know how you got to the uh, essentially the the uh, the platform that you're on today. So taking a couple steps back, Chris, where are you from? Um, I grew up in uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I was originally born in New York, but I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and I got to the platform I'm at today by such fine programs as the Dark Match Podcast. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. No, that was that was a lie, bullshit slide. But no, thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, I I appreciate the lie regardless, and I'm going to edit out the part where you say it's bullshit, so it's fine. So that's... (laughs) But you have had quite the platform in itself, and not necessarily the Dark Match Mm -hmm. podcast, but multitudes of promotions that have helped elevate your career, which we're going to get to, but growing up in Richmond, Virginia, was wrestling something that was predominantly available in your household, or was it something you kind of fell into later on in life? Yeah, um, I mean, my my family's from New York. Like I said, I was originally born in New York, but I I moved to Virginia at an early age, and I was born around the time of, like, the big Hogan WWF boom, so if you lived in the state of New York, you watched WWF wrestling, so I had older brothers, they all loved it, Um, so really my early memories were hanging around watching wrestling with my brothers playing with ljn action figures um i don't really ever remember a time when it wasn't like the main thing in my life um but yeah that's there's really no point in time where like it interested me it's just something i've always had around like i don't remember a time where i wasn't myself i don't remember a time where you know i didn't have wrestling in my life it's one of those lifelong things literally oh yeah now what kind what characters do you kind of find yourself gravitating towards uh Man, I guess I always kind of had an appreciation for the working guys, like working heels, like the uh, set, the Randy Savages, the you know Jake Roberts. I, I think even at an early age, like I kind of had a good idea for who was who was really good at their craft. Um, you know, when you look at a lot of older wrestling, there's a lot of guys that weren't necessarily known for being like the greatest technicians per se um but you had some great characters and performers um but even like as a, as a little kid man i gravitated to the guys that can work i remember liking you know tully blanchard at like five years old and arn anderson and stuff like that uh, I, just, I really always enjoyed the people that were you know really good from a wrestling level and that's kind of what i take most seriously in all this you know i love performing and character and you know a lot of the fun shit that we get to do um but yeah i'd say at heart you know i just love the wrestling aspect of it so I was really appreciated anybody that could that could really go in the ring. Um, as a kid, I loved Savage. I loved Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, the dudes that were just really, really good between the ropes. Oh, yeah. Like, growing up, I, I was a huge uh, Jake the Snake Roberts fan. And just the promos that he would cut and the character in itself. And just that overall a demon-like uh, just je ne sais quoi, I guess you could say, where he, he would cut these promos and he, he wouldn't yell. You would see these promos of like Savage and Ultimate Warrior where they're practically screaming at you. And here comes this guy on the screen and he's just talking like this. But he literally has you on the edge of his seat because you're just bought into his character, hook, line, and sinker. And uh, I, I was just gravitated towards it overall. Now, growing up as a Savage fan and uh, being uh, gravitated towards like Tully Blanchard and, and Arn Anderson, during those times, times growing up into the attitude era do you find yourself more as like a wcw fan or more of like a wwe fan wwf at the time uh, from what i remember man i remember being kind of hot and cold on both um I, like there was a while when i i think i stopped watching raw very briefly and uh, just watched wcw and then when wcw started getting shitty when they had like virgil leading nwo black and you know just got crazy nonsense um then I think I switched that off and watched watched Raw for a while. Mm-hmm. But no, I was definitely one of those dudes that flicked back and forth and watched the Nitro replay in eleven. Um, it was awesome, man. That was one of the coolest times to uh, to be a wrestling fan. I imagine now might be a little bit similar because we have all the streaming platforms and DVR. So I think it'd be pretty cool if if you weren't a wrestling fan like when I was growing up. I think now would be like the next cool period because you can watch pretty much anything you want at any time. Yeah, um, and that's just what's so cool like about YouTube and stuff like that like people listening to this podcast that you know maybe were living under a rock or something and never seen my matches they can get off you know as soon as they finish listening to this they could hop on youtube they could look on ovwrestling.com find some of my matches the network ring of honor um you know there's just so many different platforms where uh, where you could just watch awesome wrestling 
Yeah, and fans are lucky right now. Yeah, and you put it very bluntly and very correctly too. I mean, if you've been living under a rock and haven't heard the name Chris Silvio, what the heck are you doing? No, man. There's some crazy people out there, man. You'd they be really surprised. Are. Yeah, surprised what you hear. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hear new things every single day. But I, your name, I, I've heard on multitudes of different platforms all across wrestling. Jeez, for years and years and years. So I appreciate once again just having an opportunity just to speak with you. But I, I would fathom it, it very hard to believe that someone hasn't at least heard your name or at least gone on YouTube and and checked you out. So I agree, man. <laughs> so going back, you're, here you are. You're you're growing up in wrestling, you're flipping back and forth between WWF, WCW, and you knew at a very young age that it's something that you gravitated towards. It was definitely a passion of yours. What was that moment like when you realized that you wanted to take your passion and make it a career? Um, I don't know. It was, it was weird because I didn't know that it really was a viable career option. Like I wasn't sure how people got into it, but I certainly didn't think that you know just the average person could get into it, and I definitely didn't think that I would find a way to get into it. Um, I remember watching something. I apologize if I break up on you a little bit. I'm in the elevator. Um, I saw a new show or documentary, uh, like maybe the mid-90s, and I saw Dave Meltzer on, and it had like a graphic title. I didn't know who Meltzer was. I hadn't read The Observer or anything. But it's a Dave Meltzer, and then uh, on the name graphic, I think it's something like Wrestling Historian. And that just sounded really cool to me. I was like, holy holy shit that thing exists they're wrestling historians well, obviously you know that's just uh knowing what i know about Meltzer now it's kind of a funny title to see uh on anything really wrestling historian but that was really the first time i looked at it like huh this is like a job market where people actually have real careers in this um and then i started hearing like i think wcw power plant was like when i finally realized that people could do it like i remember calling the power plant but they're like oh you have to be 18 i don't know i was maybe 15 or 16 or something like that mm. so i just kind of started doing a little bit of research and realized that you could actually go to these wrestling schools and learn how to wrestle or at least some will attempt to teach you how to wrestle yeah what was that like uh, did you just kind of go into the yellow pages and look for wrestling schools or did you kind of find yourself going to independent shows and kind of asking hey how do i get into this um i had a friend that uh, was one of my i have older brothers and one of my older brothers a good friend started doing backyard wrestling they were maybe like six years older than me, and they started doing backyard wrestling at like uh, like our college town. Um, there's an area in Richmond called the Fan, which is like kind of like the heart of VCU University, like where a lot of the students live and stuff like that. Mm. And they used to do these uh, just you know fucking around with their friends, just like fun little backyard shows where they dressed up as crazy characters and stuff like that. And um, I had wrestling mats from my uh, my high school team. Um, I re- I was an amateur wrestler for quite a while and uh when our team got new mats i took the old ones so this friend knew that i had wrestling mats and asked me to borrow them for the little backyard wrestling thing they were doing and so i made that i made like a barter deal out of it i was like okay yeah sure you can borrow my mats but i have to be on whatever that wrestling thing you're doing is so i went to their thing and uh you know just screwed around and did stuff i saw on tv put on like a stupid mask and um through knowing those guys i was at somebody's house one day and they had a business card on their refrigerator and a magnet for VCW Vanguard Championship Wrestling who I actually uh, still wrestle for to this day um, mm. and I called the I called the number on it and there was a guy named Travis Bradshaw who was a promoter then and still promotes now and he's like yeah we do shows uh, gave me some address come here to Virginia Beach I think it was like a fair show or something like that come set up the ring and if we have time you get to you can get in the ring and learn a few things so I did that for like uh maybe an entire like spring and summer i would show up at their events i'd set up the ring and then some of the guys would get in once the ring was set up and you know roll around with the jabronis like me that were trying to get our foot in the door um so i did that for a while and then a school opened up um not far from where i lived and uh you know i jumped all over that because i wanted to you know wrestle as often as i could so um i started training there and trained there maybe five days a week for a few months and uh, pretty soon i was you know off and running wrestling most weekends at least yeah and what was uh, that experience like because uh, you had originally mentioned that hey not so great training but you're, you're still with vanguard correct and um yeah so actually i 
only wrestled one match for them. From the day that I started uh, training over there, I wrestled for them maybe one time, like probably a year or two after I was setting up their rings and training there, um, all the way until like last year. So I had a you know 15, 16 year hiatus um, where I never, where I didn't wrestle there. I wrestled for other places around there. Um, but I remember like at the time, I think they got a little mad when I went to the other wrestling school, but you know, it was 20 minutes from my house and they were a two hour drive. So, you know, give me a break. Yeah, I was, no, a, I, I was a 17 year old <laughs> kid, you know, I didn't have money to be driving two hours every couple times a week. Well, and more um, importantly, four hours total. Cause you got to drive yeah, the two hours back. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's all, you know, that was nearly 20 years ago. That's all water under the bridge now. So, we're cool. They're doing good shows. I've been over there kicking ass. Um, you know, they're doing really well, man. They're one of the definitely one of the better uh, drawing and quality shows on the East Coast. If you're anywhere around like Virginia, Maryland, Carolina, um, definitely check out BCW. They got a really good product. Yeah, absolutely. And you, like you had mentioned during that 16-year hiatus that you took from when you started with Vanguard to where you actually performed on the show, uh, you've definitely made your way around. Now, I only have limited time, as you had mentioned, that you're about ready to jump into training soon. So I, I want to get a, a few in, but yeah, you're most predominantly known for your time in OVW, where you held almost every single title that OVW has to offer. Uh, and everything I from yeah. And so everything from Tag Team Gold up until, uh, I mean... Not to boost your own ego, but I mean, geez, you you definitely had a career in OVW. Now, what was that experience like overall? Because you were there for, geez, upwards of 10 years. Close to it. Um, yeah, man, it, it was great. Um, I, I credit... Uh you know, most of the success I have and a lot of the opportunities I've gotten, I credit that to what I learned at OVW. Um, I don't know what my career would have been like had I not gone there. I don't want to sit here and say, well, I would have never done anything, um, but it certainly helped quite a bit. So I don't think I would have had the career that I did have um, had I not went to OVW. It was cool. it was really cool because uh, it just it taught you uh, about the wrestling business. Like that's something I, I do now as a as a coach and trainer. Um, you know when I do my camps and seminars and my uh, weekly training classes at the WWN Training Center in Largo, Florida, with Matt Seidel. If you're interested in training, hit hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, or Facebook. Cheap plug. Um, but no, I, I learned about the uh, the pro wrestling and like previously I, I just knew a bunch of like local indie guys and they just would wrestle on the weekend. Um, some were pretty good some were not very good but nobody really understood how to make money at it or really how to market themselves and how to do it beyond that little local scene we were on um, with the exception of a few guys um, like i remember a buddy of mine phil brown from vcw who's still there uh, doing very well he was one of like the few guys from my area that was like he was going on the road a little bit with wwe he was getting around so he kind of opened up my eyes like because you know he saw something in me and knew that you know i wanted to make this my career and just gave me some advice about traveling and contacting the right people and being involved with larger companies so on his uh recommendation i went out to um obw and i just remember being surprised like walking in the door just the place was so professional at the time like that was when it was a wwe developmental and i was lucky enough to get in you know for a, a tryout and evaluation with rip rogers class um, but i remember walking in and just seeing the place with these giant wwe banners and uh just the quality of talent there and they had i, I remember just them having these huge guys um you know i'd never been the world's largest wrestler now I'm pretty much normal size, you know, based on the current uh, landscape of wrestling. Um, but then, you know, that's when WWE was hiring, like pretty much it was mandated. You had to be over six foot tall to even be considered for a job. Um, so I walked in the door and there was just these huge monsters of men all around. Um, so I remember kind of, you know, really feeling like, holy shit, this is a this is a different world. And I just learned about stuff that I'd never learned before. I learned a lot of the bad things about politics and, you know, got to see a lot of the downsides of um, substance abuse and, you know, some of the darker parts of the industry, um, you know, but I, I learned so much about how to conduct myself as a, as a businessman and, um, you know, what's important, how to do the right business, um, how to get yourself to the next level, how to work television, how to, you know, get noticed by large companies, how to interact with them, which is a huge thing a lot of people don't know how to do, is you might get an opportunity somewhere, but if you're not used to conducting yourself in a business environment, 
that, um, you know, you might say the wrong things or uh, do the wrong things or not act. Wrestling has like an unspoken code that sometimes you don't even know what you're doing is wrong and nobody's going to tell you that it's wrong. So you end up just, you know, going somewhere and making an ass out of yourself and, you know, kind of screwing yourself out of an opportunity. Um, So I learned a lot about that stuff through OVW. Um, and, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes in my career, like any other um, young wrestler, wrestler in general does. But, um, you know, I learned a lot through all my experiences there on just, you know, how, how to handle myself and how to actually be a professional wrestler, not just a guy who, you know, puts on tights and uh, wrestles once a week. So, yeah, man, it, it was cool. Like, uh, you know, the titles and all that, that, that was fun. But I, I got to grow a lot there as a, as a performer. And they gave me the, I would have never gotten as good as I did um, had they not just given me the freedom to do what I wanted. Like, I could do whatever I wanted with my character and my presentation. Um, when they knew that they could trust me in the ring, I got to have 30-minute matches, hour-long matches. Um, pretty much any type of match that you could have, um, I had it at OBW. I learned to wrestle, um, you know, for over an hour without discussing anything, just get in the ring and have a match, um, you know. And then I, I learned how to uh, hit all these time cues to work television and stuff like that. So um, I definitely was fortunate to get literally a complete and total uh, education in pro wrestling there. Um, you know, I was, I was part of a really, really good group with some talented wrestlers and coaches. Yeah, I was just really lucky. It was, it was great, man. I, I have nothing but, uh, but good things to say for the most part about it. So we're going to take a step away from our interview right now and give a shout out to our sponsor. If you haven't seen all across social media, we are now sponsored by lapelyeah.com. That's right. You heard it right. Lapel. Yeah. If you don't know who they are, Check them out. Go check out all their merchandise over at lapelya.com. They just had a huge Marty Squirrel pin release autographed as well. Sold out in 60 seconds. So tons of awesome merch there. Shirts, pins, stickers. Even if you are a superstar, you can send in a custom pin for them to release as well. They not only sell, but they also supply to all independent wrestlers as well. So head on over to lapelya.com. Be sure to use the promo code PINHEAD. You heard that right. If you watched Hellraisers growing up, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Once again, discount code PINHEAD at checkout. Get 20% off your entire order, courtesy of the Dark Match Podcast. Once again, that's lapelya.com. Once again, lapelya.com. And give me a lapel yeah. Who were some of your biggest influences there? Because you probably, within that time frame there, you had mentioned that when you showed up there, that was the developmental, which is now, which went on to become Florida Championship Wrestling and then eventually evolve into the NXT brand that it is today. Who were some of your influences during your time there? Who did you kind of gravitate yeah. towards to prick their, pick their brains? This, yeah, that's, that's actually funny. Um, I, Joey Mercury, um, his career speaks for himself. And oddly enough, uh, Seidel, um, I'd known, you know, I'd seen some of Seidel's stuff, um, but he happened, he happened to get to OVW right around the same time that, um, that I got there. And I remember just being super impressed by what he did and the fact that we were about the same size and he was getting, uh, you know, some major opportunities. So watching him, um, I don't know how much of this I shared with him. It's just funny that now, you know, we're good friends and we, we you know, run a training center. Uh, we run a training class together. Um, but I, I remember just kind of being inspired when I saw Matt get an opportunity there because at the time they were not using uh, many guys our size. You know, uh, Kendrick and uh, London kind of snuck in the door. Um, but really, other than that, there wasn't that many, um, you know, small guys you saw in the locker room, uh, especially once they got really of their cruiserweight division they had very very briefly um so i remember like looking up to uh to those guys um mike mondo helped me out tremendously uh we trained we trained together we went to the gym together quite a bit um when uh, we were working with ring of honor he was my road buddy we rode to the towns together um i learned a lot from him um apoc who now wrestles as rick victor for uh for wwe part of the ascension um trained in the in the dungeon in calgary like one of the last uh classes out of the dungeon he came up with tj wilson and harry smith natty neidhart uh bell lovitz you know that whole group of guys 
And uh, I learned so much from him, just hanging around those guys that have, that had have done different things and learned different styles. Um, and then from there, it's just, you know, th- there's too many people to name and I don't want anybody to think that I'm leaving them out or anything. Like my peers that I worked with, I learned so much from as well. Um, but I'd say like as far as influences, like those guys were, were some of the more influential people on me. And of course, my trainer, Rip, and uh, Jim Cornette, one of my mentors. Oh, yeah. No, and uh, you, I mean, the laundry list uh, of individuals that you just mentioned are, some names that get mentioned quite a bit and even Matt Seidel for those individuals that have been living under a rock and haven't followed his career after he left WWE he also wrestled under the name of Evan Bourne so there you go a freebie for you as well but yeah (laughs) good run man and and a lot of the shit you see now like a lot of the modern cruiserweight wrestling um you know if you watch some of Seidel's early early work um a lot of stuff you see now are things that Matt kind of brought to the forefront oh yeah um so I, I think sometimes he gets a little bit overlooked in that regard but um matt matt i think really kind of changed a lot about cruiserweight wrestling in uh in the united states so i think he owes a lot of credit to that and i learned a lot from watching them and uh you know now i'm glad that we can uh, work together to train the next crop of awesome wrestlers and he also doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserves as well now obviously such individuals as ray mysterio kind of brought that cruiserweight style into that bigger opponent but obviously with his size as well it, anyone's really a, a bigger superstar star but here is Matt Seidel that kind of brought that into the forefront where he was going up against these big name stars such as Randy Orton and and with Triple H and all all these different individuals and here he is he's a high flyer he's a cruiserweight and you look at just as you mentioned the landscape of today it's really not this excuse my terminology here it's not really the behemoths and that's a star because he's 6'6 and 300 pounds and built like a brick shithouse no it, it could be the guy that's 5'10 or the guy that literally just has the fans at, at, at his back and it's really evolutionized the industry that we have today to where anyone can truly be a superstar so what kind of challenges did you find for yourself kind of coming up in that time frame when it really was like who, who's the next big guy as opposed to okay who's the next star that we can put the uh, put the federation on yeah, well, like now the days of like the the big guy are gone. Um, there will always be a spot in wrestling for somebody that's an attraction or that just has an intangible uh, intangible quality. Um, but the days of just having a look and getting a lot of opportunities are, are kind of dead and gone for the most part. Um, now you see a real big influence. Um, you know, based on guys that that are capable in the ring that can have good matches. And I think the the wrestling fans are uh, to credit for that change because there, there became a point in time where they just they stopped buying it. They got they gotten exposed. It's like you gave them the best thing that they could have and then try to take that away. They'd already seen so much great wrestling that they weren't buying the guys that were just big and couldn't go anymore. Um, so that really opened a lot of doors. That that was the, the hardest part starting at that I, that weird time that I did, um, you know, in the early 2000s, because it was a time when um, WCW was dead and gone. ECW was dead and gone. So there were limited opportunities for cruisers or junior heavyweights or whatever you want to call them um, outside of, you know, Japan. And uh, also with that too, um, the independents were nowhere near as thriving of an industry as they are now. So the idea, like most of my career, the idea that you can make a living outside of um, WWE or Japan um, and for a brief time impact wrestling, uh, you know, when they had a lot of money behind it, um, that was just not a thing many guys did so that was that was definitely the hardest thing for me is everybody was competing for jobs for one place and i was kind of you know in the middle of that seeing guys getting called up to wwe and stuff like that Um, it was like every wrestler in the country was trying to play for one team and on any team they only have but so many positions to fill um so it really doesn't matter like who's who's that good and you know after a while um it's not necessarily talent but it was more kind of like a war of attrition like if you stick around and put your time in for long enough you know eventually opportunities will come your way um, and that's just kind of what i did I, I put my time in and uh, any opportunity i got i always made the most of and um you know i've been fortunate enough to to still be making a living um in pro wrestling but you know i, I want more out of it i'm not i'm far from done uh, as a performer 
I've got a lot I need to show and I'm, I'm far from done, uh, you know, outside of that, just by being a business person, I want to, um, you know, run some successful events. I, I recently started producing events. Um, I produce a little bit of television, uh, over this winter. Um, I've been operating my own seminar service now for going on two years. Um, that's gotten a lot of tra- traction all around the world. And, um, I took a position as a trainer at WWN several months ago. Um, so I've got a lot left I need to, uh, prove, but, uh, but yeah, that was definitely my, my hardest, uh, constraint I saw was pretty much just being a, a smaller guy in a saturated job market. But thankfully things are changing for the better. Do you feel that in today's day and age, and I'm probably going to get to some heat for asking this question, but I do want to kind of get your perspective on this. Do you feel that previously it was in a situation where it wasn't not a whole lot of places? Like you mentioned, it's everyone playing for one team. Do you feel that in today's day and age with the thriving independent market that there is, that there's an oversaturation of promotions going on right now? Um, I'd say in some, in some areas, yeah. Like, um, I've wrestled the past five years, I've wrestled quite a bit in the UK and it's seen, and they have some great wrestling. Um, but like, it just seems now when I go back there that everyone has a promotion, like I'll get contacted by, you know, people I've never heard of, you know, WRXPW and IWFC, like just all these weird acronyms. That, um, so it seems like when something's hot, everyone wants to be a part of it um so sometimes quality falls to the wayside um because you know frankly it's a it's an open market so if anybody if you want to start dark match wrestling tomorrow you can as long as you're in a state that doesn't require licensing and things like that um so yeah like to a degree anyone can open up a wrestling promotion if they have the money to fund it or guys that are willing to do it for free um but uh, that's something i don't like dwell on because those things will weed themselves out Mm. is it the is it the best thing for business no not necessarily but if they're not good like any other product it's going to go away you know if i own a restaurant i'm not going to be mad at every other restaurant that opens up if their food sucks the place will be closed so wrestling is kind of similar but the the good thing about it is with more places open up it gives guys more opportunities to work um you know now in uh i don't know shit almost my 18th year i think of doing this i'm working for more promotions like as far as like quantity of promotions than i ever have and that's just due to the fact that there are more out there you know there was a time when there was you know a handful or less per state um you know and you'd be lucky if one of those was any good um but now you know with with so many people being involved you have a lot more promotions and a lot more quality promotions so it's, it's a good and bad thing but i'm not one of those guys that like shits on it and it's like keep these guys out of our business they don't belong here like people weed themselves out if they want to spend their money and try to play promoter or whatever more power to them let yeah. them do it. Hopefully it works for them. Yeah. Like, there, there's some promotions, and, and I'm not here to knock anyone or tell them, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. But there, there really are some promotions, and uh, we've obviously been doing this, and uh, we hear stories. There, there are some promotions that do everything that they should. Unfortunately, there are some that they, they don't. And there's also some wrestling schools that really shouldn't be in, in oh, yeah. business either. And There's some terrible, terrible wrestling schools out there. Don't oh, go to yeah. those, ladies and gentlemen. Come yes. to train the right way at the WWE. WN Training Center in beautiful, sunny Largo, Florida. Yeah, I was going to say, if we start like dark match wrestling tomorrow, the only way that would ever work is if I have Matt Seidel and Chris Silvio as our head trainers. That's the only way it would ever work. That's right. Because nobody sure nobody wants to learn wrestling from me. I, I, I got a crash course in five and a half weeks for one match where I was in it for probably three and a half minutes, and that's it. So... <laughs> Don't learn from me. I know the basics. That's about it. So, Don't don't learn from this guy. I've seen his work. No. No. (laughs) If you've seen my work, I I can take a hell of a chest chop. That's for damn sure. But I have a very choppable chest, as one person would say. So don't want to take too much more of your time. Obviously, you're heading into training soon, and you got a new crop, uh, a young crop of individuals that you need to mold into the superstars of tomorrow. So just a couple more questions for you. So going into this year, and the fantastic announcements that have come out so far in the world of independent wrestling. For yourself personally, what can we expect going into the later parts of 2019? What can we expect and what should we be on the lookout for? Um, I have a few more uh, international tours on the horizon that are already scheduled um you know, so I'm, i'll be doing uh you know quite a bit of traveling still and um i've i've actually got more seminars lined up now than i ever have um, you know new places so as far as my wrestling brand and my coaching brand 
Um, this is shaping to be the busiest year for me yet, um, which I'm, I'm very thankful for and I'm looking forward to traveling. Um, but one of my goals this year is to kind of find some place I can call a home for a little while. The last few years I've been trying to, you know, make, uh, make a huge name for my brand and get all this exposure everywhere that it's kind of hindered me from not having one core promotion that I work exclusively for or take the majority of my bookings, you know, through, um, I've uh, I've been in some conversations with the, a few companies that I feel can get me the uh, exposure that I want at this point in my career. Um, so it's you know it's all about things falling together and continuing to stay healthy. But um, this year I would definitely love to find a promotion that I can call home and that people uh, every week can watch me perform on all around the world. Well, we would definitely love that as well. So we have one final question. Normally, my co-host asks this, but he is not in today. So I have one final question for you. Now, my co-host and I, we're big practical jokers. We love a good rib more than anybody. So our question for you is, tell us the best rib story that you have, whether it happened to you, you did to someone else, you've pulled on someone in your training class, whatever it may be, best rib story you got. Oh, man, there's... So many. Um, one of my favorite things to do back at OVW was take when the newer guys would come in. Um, I would always like to try to get them to say something. It was kind of like a see and say, like when you feed a little kid a line and say, hey, go call this guy an asshole or something like that. Um, I would f- try to find like somebody that had been at the school for like two months and I would give him a message that he thought was a proper message. And I'd have him go take it to like whoever the champion was or one of the one of the top guys. Um, like I remember one time I sent uh, one of our trainees over to Muhammad Ali Baez, who was a, a huge star in OVW for a while. Like everyone was setting up the ring. And um, I just said, hey, go over to Ali uh, with this wrench and hand it to him and just say, well, you're not doing anything. And he goes and hands him the wrench. And, you know, you just see Ali appalled looking at this kid that had been there for a week, um, handing him a monkey wrench um, and tell him to set up a ring. So that was pretty good. Um, another good one, I, I tied uh, Drake Maverick, Rock our spud i lassoed him one time without his knowledge in a wrestling match um my uh, my old tag team partner paradise he and i used to always screw around like we liked keeping it fun and you know lighthearted for all the boys so we used to like screwing around before the shows and we had this rope in the ring truck and we would like wind it around our heads and try to lasso people like while they're setting up the ring or doing whatever before shows and i was wrestling rockstar spud that night and uh, i had tied i kept trying to lasso him earlier and i couldn't get him so I tied the lasso to the ring post and I, I, to this day, I like to do a spot where I'm working you over. I'll go outside the ring. I'll bash your leg on the post, figure four, stuff like that. So I'm working Spud's leg over and I get him and I trap him. I pull the lasso out from under the ring, basically hog tie his feet to the corner and get in and start putting the boots to him and he can't get out. And <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Like, you know, it wasn't in a malicious way. You know, I wasn't killing him or anything like that. No. But it was just funny watching him curse me and try to get out of there probably there's, there's, there's like crazy too many. Yeah, <laughs> rip rogers rip rogers one time checked everyone's uh shorts because somebody pooped in the ring one time during wrestling class so rip kind of like you do with like a two-year-old when you smell something and you pull their pants back to see if they pooped um he did that with the with a bunch of the boys I mean, there's there's too much stuff but yeah somebody pooped in the ring and rip had to do a lineup like a crime scene lineup to find out who the perpetrator was <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, man. Too many fun, <laughs> hilarious, awful stories. Well, we're going to have to have you on again. I'm, I'm Hopefully when we have a little bit more time, obviously. But now I understand that you're about ready to jump into training. I said that I had one final question for you, and that was the rib question. But I do have one more. Obviously, you've been around the block quite a bit and have seen quite a few individuals come into your training center. I, I do have one more question for you. I, I hate to put you on the spot. And I'm going to say no matter what, even if you're uncomfortable asking, answering the question, I'm still going to require an answer. So out of all the individuals that you can put over right now that have come through your training course, who are some names that we should be looking out for coming into the next couple years? I'd say ones to watch for right now out of WWN Training Center, um, Jenna Van Muscles, who's gotten a lot of exposure in Florida over the last few years. Very familiar um, with her. I think, she, yeah, she originally trained with like Radiant Rain and Mercedes Martinez. Um, Jenna's been working out at WWN for about a year and a half and she's getting really, really fucking good, um, getting a lot of 
exposure. So she's definitely one to watch. Um, and then uh, outside of Jenna, I would definitely say the fabulous Fabu. Um, he's 21 years old maybe three years into his career he's doing all the right things um you know just this winter he uh worked in italy for my uh siw in italy and were and did some stuff in japan um he's getting out there i'm kind of trying to help nudge him in the right direction as well so he's uh he's definitely got a bright future ahead of him and we, we got a lot of good guys there um, you know there's a wrestler there called sam c that's coming along um we got some blue chippers that are uh that are just working their way out of training but i, I definitely could see uh star potential in, in jenna and sabu for sure absolutely so i hate to put you on the spot like that but i understand that you got to run into training here in about seven minutes so if you want to follow along and find out where you can find chris silvio and see if he does find that home that he's looking for this year. You can find him on Instagram at the Chris Silvio, and the same on Twitter as well. Do you have a, uh, a any like what a maneuver or pro wrestling tees anywhere where they can find some official Chris Silvio I, merch? I sell my own shit um, right now. I don't like giving other people sharing my merch money with people. So I'm producing. I'm a one man show, man. I do it all. Um, Facebook, uh, Chris Silvio, as well as my at the Chris Silvio on my other platforms. Um, you can hit me up there to purchase uh, shirts, pictures, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, and also check out my uh, my page, uh, Chris Silvio Superstar Seminars. If you're new in wrestling or you know been around a while, even and you need some advice on training, and uh, you want to come to one of my upcoming camps or seminars, check that out. I post a lot of free content there, um, and you can inquire about my services there too. And again, that's Chris Silvio's Super. Superstar seminars, one of the most uh, useful pieces of, uh, of knowledge if you're interested in uh, you know, taking your wrestling career to the next level. Outstanding. Well, Chris, we appreciate your time, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know we only had a limited time to uh, talk here today, but we'd love to have you back on here and see when you find that home yeah, man, in no the worries. future. And when you want to do the ribs and poop stories episode, give me a shout. I'll be happy to co-host. Oh, 100%. We'll just let you lead it. So we'll just put yes, a mic on it. and then just say, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Silvio, and you just go for like an hour and a half. Beautiful. That sounds good, my man. All right, well, thanks for the call, dude, um, and you guys keep kicking ass. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much chris silvia ladies and gentlemen so let's talk about my most recent beef so it was announced earlier today and i know you and i had this discussion previously they announced the newest inductees for the class of 2019 for the hall of fame right and they announced that the heart foundation was going in no offense um you're not announcing the heart foundation going in you're announcing Nightheart and bret hart going in that's not the heart foundation and it may be the original heart foundation it's really not least, though it's yeah, not it's not because you you look at everyone that was in the heart foundation whether it's the original installment or the later times with the heart foundation and everyone that was incorporated with it yeah they're doing this as a knock at owen i you can tell me that they're not but they want owen in they want to induct owen and this is their opportunity to say well the heart foundation is going in and it's going to cause an uproar and the only reason they're doing it is because jim died yeah how many how many I times has this it, how many times has this happened think, recently i don't think that it's because it's all because of jim died i don't think that that's it i think no that i think it they is, should build deserve it i think they're deserving to but how many times recently have has there been somebody who's deserving to have been in but now they're doing it posthumously yeah and that's a shame that well, is a shame, and that's where I kind of frown at WWE a bit. I don't think that Jim the Anvil Neidhart, I don't think that he does not deserve to go in. He 100% deserves to go into yeah. the Hall of Fame. But at the same point, the way that he's going in with the Hart Foundation, I think that it's a slap at other people. I understand that Owen Hart's widow still has, If I, I can't even say if I was in her shoes. I don't know. I'm not in that type of situation. Right. Yes, there is some animosity there. Mm -hmm. There is some negative energy, and she doesn't want to be incorporated with it. She doesn't want to give them the name. No, you don't, you're, you're going to tell me that there's not going to be one single solid video played of Owen. Oh, they're going to. How could they not? I don't know. I really don't. At this point, you had the the cry for help last year from Mark Henry. And now this year, I think the count is up to three. Yeah, three. Now that I'm thinking about it. Shawn Michaels, uh, Booker T, and now Bret Hart. This year, three people become two-time Hall of Famers. That's true. But there's so many people that aren't even first-time Hall of Famers that I truly feel need to go into the Hall of Fame. The one person I think they're going to wait because they want him to be the headliner because a lot of people have already come out saying he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And I completely agree. And I think he's probably going to be the headliner next year. And that's going to be Christian. 
I don't know. If, you think he? You think he? They could build a headliner around him. What? How couldn't you build a headliner around Captain Charisma? I should slap you in the face for even questioning. That. I think he'll go in, and but I guarantee you, next year it's also going to be Undertaker. I think he's finally going to go. I think they're fine. If it's not him, it'll be The Rock. I don't see The Rock going in right now. Apparently, they tried to do it for this year from things I heard, but his schedule's too busy. Yeah, that's why. I don't see him doing it anytime soon. I see him waiting until later on down the road, like maybe WrestleMania 40. I, it, you can grit your teeth all you want. <laughs> I see it being. I see it being WrestleMania 40. I see that being like a showcase for The Rock, but or maybe. Well, because even next year, it's like, yeah, I understand it's Tampa, but it's still Florida. It's it's. I'm tech, going. It's his. I'm going. They haven't even sold tickets yet. Don't look at me with that face. I was going to say, man. The tickets aren't <laughs> even on sale yet. They don't go on say. sale until like, I, I don't think they go on sale until like October or November. Oh. So, we'll yes, no, talk. we're going. We're we'll going. Okay. We're going. There is no talk. We're going. But I, I don't see this year. They they even said that it was going to be a pretty weak class. I wouldn't yeah. call this a weak class. I, I think it's a very deserving I think, class. Yeah, I think I brought it up the other week, actually. Yeah, you said it's a pretty weak class, but it's a pretty strong class with the exception of one person that I don't feel deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. But Yeah, I think we both said that. Well, we, we talked about it at length on a previous show. Yeah. But I, And I still feel that way. I don't think she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And one per, one individual earlier today on on Twitter made a tweet and a plea because the Bellas have announced that they have retired I from in ring action. Yeah, apparently that was on Total Bellas last night or something. Yeah, they they've retired from in ring action, which is a hit to the women's division. Knock on them all you want. Yes, I I have knocked oh, on yeah. on some of them previously. Um, Brie in particular. Yeah, I, I've knocked on her. I have. I, I don't think she's a bad wrestler. I don't think she's a bad wrestler at all no but i think on her recent return oh it was not it was need, not good it wasn't she needed to knock a little more rust off yeah she and not and, and not try driving through the ropes i mean that match with her and stephanie at what was it SummerSlam a few years ago i think i think it was that, that was a that was a fairly good match yeah it was a really good match and it, it's for someone that barely wrestles stephanie yeah she's been in the ring what four five times now yeah. go figure she's also a former women's champion <laughs> Yeah, but by pure that accident, was a, that was a great time in wrestling. That was a fantastic time. Oh yeah, when it was the uh, what was it, the McMahon Helmsley era, as they uh, called it. Yeah, it was so good. And then who was the the? You're gonna have to help me out here because I got kicked out of Mrs. Pertu's class in eleventh grade for calling her a bad name. But <laughs> uh, you remember that story? I almost got expelled. But uh, off probably, the air, off the air, or if we, or if anybody that's listening wants to message us and find out what I said, I will tell anybody. I'm happy to tell you what I called my eleventh grade English teacher that almost got me expelled. <laughs> I'm sure just saying that sentence right there, you can assume what I called my 11th grade English teacher. Yeah. But the best part about it, the is it protagonist? I believe yeah, so. protagonist yeah. was Kane. Yes. When he had his return, like all the lights go off, and you just see Paul Bearer walk out, and he just comes out and freaking lays everybody. Oh, that yeah. was one of the coolest returns in, in wrestling. Just that moment in itself right there, walks down to the ring, and they just knew, like, oh, our time's up. Yeah. But moving on from there, with the Bellas, there was a lot of people on social media saying and pleading to switch out Tori Wilson with the Bella Twins. Now here's and there were a lot of people like getting behind it too. They'll they'll be I think they'll be the women's inductee next year. I I see them not necessarily going in next year. I see them being a headliner in the next two years. You think they could? Ha- okay. I I think they could uh, because let, let's face it. This year a women's match is. The main event. True. So why can't women be the the main attraction? You think if you be, you believe Christian would be a headliner himself, maybe you do put the bellows with them because I think that could be combined. I think that would be good. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. You have Christian and the Bella twins, and I think that's a pretty strong class. Now here's now here's my th- here's my thought. How come Edge and Christian as a as a tag team haven't gone in? That I don't know. They were a great tandem, but at the same point, if you look back, they weren't together for I a know, very long time. But they did a lot in their time, and they hel- and TLC they helped revel. I don't know if revolutionize is the word. They did. I, I then think I, that then is revolu- Then they helped revolutionize tag team at least in WWE. Well, I, I think they definitely revolutionized. They made it pop. It. They made it popular again. Yes, they they brought new attention to a tag team match where. 
and a style of match. Yes, it, where it was previously like, oh, it's a tag team match, to holy crap, like this is going to be the craziest match yeah. of the evening. And it, it goes down to the Hardys. I think both of them, and Matt the and Jeff, can go in by themselves. Yeah. I think the Dudleys, I, I don't see them. Okay, okay. When you're, I'm sorry, I cut yeah. you off. So when you're saying by themselves, yes, Matt and Jeff by themselves could also go in at yes. some point in time. Yeah. Dudleys, yes. they, they never gave them really that opportunity. No, they never gave Bully Ray, which is really funny. That be, is. Because they said, someone actually asked on Busted Open Radio. Yeah. They asked. Bubba Ray, if WWE was going to give him an opportunity to have the Bully Ray character. And his response was, we were literally within 24 hours of introducing that character. And the, the plug was pulled. Oh. They get, they were going to give him an opportunity to get the Bully Ray character going. Because which, because they are they had already kind of said their, essentially I think said their goodbye. Uh, Devon decided, was going to become an agent. That would have been phenomenal to give him, give him a chance. You you let broke, you, I'm sorry, Woken Matt Hardy kind of, kind of, I understand they, it. They it, destroyed, was, it was they nowhere destroyed. near the same. I agree. Oh. It was nowhere near the same, but at least you, you got it in here. You gave it a shot. I I think yes, the bully Ray no, character. They, they, they shot it up with heroin and bad heroin is what they truly did. They probably did. You put, can't they probably put their hands in it too much. No, and then you, you look did. at you look at the feud that he had. It could have been something fantastic between him and Bray Wyatt, and they did not give it enough time. True, they gave it what one like House Hardy match, and then oh, they're a tag team now. No, this that could have went on forever. True, and now where's Bray Wyatt? He's nowhere. Still to be waiting, fun. and apparently, I heard I heard. The the same thing with Luke Harper. They're just he's he's ready to go. Got nothing. Yeah, they have nothing to do. They have nothing, and that's where we're at with wrestling too. I mean, th- there's a shirt that somebody I forget who it was. I, I saw a shirt that I wanted to buy uh-huh. that literally says on it, "Creative has nothing for you," and I wanted to buy it. <laughs> And I was like, I would wear that to every single wrestling show that I go to. Like, creative has nothing for you. Like, and that's, that's how I feel about a large majority of the talent. And all these people go into social media that literally are begging for an opportunity. And, like, these people are employed with WWE. And they're reaching out to WWE. Like, hey, WWE, like, what do you think of this idea? It's like, like this isn't going to happen. But, like, they're not even giving them the opportunity. Yeah. And there's several people that on in other promotions literally were the promotions top guy yeah and they're getting shit on in wwe prime example ec3 yeah guess what he's jobbing to no hey jose now yeah i did see that yeah it's terrible then you have mike Kanellis, who is formerly the miracle mike bennett he was the original founding member of the kingdom guess what he's jobbing out on 205 live now true it, they're crapping on this character if they gave maria and mike the opportunity that they need and he's worked his ass off to get back he's drug free he's off of substances he's doing a fantastic job overall and maria is phenomenal on the microphone yeah she can sell you on anything and they put her on 205 live which is great, but they at WrestleMania, did. it's Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese, which, don't get me wrong, is going to be a fantastic match. Tony Nese is a phenomenal athlete, but Mike Kanellis, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. But I, I, I don't even know where to go from here. There's so much that I, I'm looking forward to. There's so much going on right now outside of WWE, and we just spent so much time crapping all over it, which is appropriate. <sighs> that is true. But G1 Supercard, you called it last week. Yeah. I, I think it. we definitely have to touch on that. There's some followers of ours that are even offering up tickets to G1 Supercard. No kidding. Yeah. I would love to make the trek, but I can't. Oh. But – Man, that would be a great mental mental break for because what is it the sixth? Yeah, my my exam's the fifth. Oh, Man, that would have been a, that would have been a great mental break. Like, that, something that to look for. That Take would, a day trip to New York, New York City. It's go, like I'm not even going to worry about my test now. You're going to Madison Square Garden. It was just announced. Okada uh-huh. is going to be at Supercard. Then you have the match that we discussed last week. It was just announced. Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and Marty for the Ring of Honor Championship. I wish, wish I was going to be there. I, that, that's a shame we can't be there, man. No. Well, I, I thought about it going this year. I, I wasn't really upset that I didn't go last year for yeah. WrestleMania. Uh, I went Orlando. Right. And it seems like the only ways that I'm ever able to convince the wife to let me go is if I know someone in that city. Oh. And that's the way that it is. And I know someone that lives in Tampa. And I was like, hey, like, if they announce oh, be, it. Oh, because, they'd be, because it's going to be too expensive to stay there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I can that. drive down. I can park at their house. We can party it up at their house, and that's it. And then we just party around Tampa. It it's a beautiful city anyway. Yeah. Or hell, I can take a plane down there. Because literally, plane rides down to Tampa through Cleveland International Airport are not that expensive. So. Hey, we do know a pilot who just joined a certain club at a certain local airport. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my buddy pass to Ireland, bro. <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. <laughs> Calling you out right now. You know who you are, and I'm still waiting on my buddy pass to Ireland. <laughs> You told me when you went into flight school that when you got your license, I'd have a damn buddy pass, and I still don't have my buddy pass. I'm calling you out right now. I don't care if no one knows oh, I'm who I'm talking about. I want to listen to the show so Oh, hard. my God. I want my damn buddy pass already. We're moving on from here. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Dave from Average Ordinary Cleveland Guys is here. He's hyperventing over here, so Uh, i got to get him some oxygen so he can catch his breath. Be sure to find him all across wherever you can find podcasts. His first episode dropping very, very, very soon. You can also find them on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and just search O-A-C-L-E pod. If you don't get the spelling right now, that stands for Ordinary Average Cleveland Podcast. Find them all across social media and be sure to head on over to lapelyeah.com. Search for all the outstanding merchandise and be sure to use that promo code PINHEAD. Once again, use the promo code PINHEAD. Get 20% off your order and anything in there. 20% off by just using that promo code PINHEAD. Be sure to head over to oneandmaneuver.net. Grab yourself some Dark Match Podcast merch. New shirt coming very, very soon. I know I've said that for many, many months, but this time I'm not joking. Dave, we appreciate you being here. We're not going to have you next week. No, I got more important things to do. Well, yes, you do. Yes, you do. So uh, we will have a very, very fun fill-in guest next week as well. So you got to stick around to see who that's going to be. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Take care, everybody. Boom. Boom.